Wine. Wine not. A queer podcast. Hey everyone, uh, I'm Rick Todd. And I'm Jeremy Williams, and you are listening to Wine. Why not? A queer podcast. Episode 5, A Ooh. New Hope. No, nope, wait, that's not A New Hope. Empire Strikes <laughs> Back. Ooh, we're about to find out who our daddy is in this issue. <laughs> uh, or that we are the daddy. Uh, we are at that age. I have to change my note here, episode five. If I had to read that, I would have read the wrong one. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, why is this called Wine, Why Not? Why do we call it that? Why? Why do we call anything anything? Um, wine, Why Not? We call it Wine, Why Not? Because during the hour that we are uh, podcasting, I am drinking wine, and you are not. That's true. That is true. I am not because I am... I was encouraged by the state of Florida not to do so yeah. seven years ago, and it stuck, so I don't do it anymore. And I was encouraged by the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to continue drinking wine, yes. so I do. Well, I mean, it is, it's almost like an hour's worth of communion for you, right? It is. It's not what it's called. Confession. I, I, this is all confession. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we never ask this, but I'm always curious. What are you drinking? Uh, I don't know. It's Cabernet, and it comes in a box. <laughs> ah, awesome. <laughs> awesome. Is that your favorite, Cabernet? Ah, uh, yes. The type of wine Cabernet. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of different brands that I like that will get shout-outs when they sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think we have to tell them that we're doing a <laughs> podcast before we get sponsors. But, you know, um, a, a year or so before I, I quit drinking, it might have been a couple of years, I don't know, time is... I have no con- the older you get, the more you lose the concept of time, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but I won this like wine tasting uh, at a at an auction. I would say win. My my roommate Jen laughs at me whenever I say I win an auction. Like you don't win, you pay for what you get. <laughs> it's not like you get something for free. Yeah, but you got your name drawn. That's true. Um, so I, I get this wine tasting and and we out we go and I I thought that Merlot was the shit, right? Like Merlot was all I ever drank. And at the end of the wine tasting, I was like, holy cow. I found out I was a, I, I don't know how to pronounce it necessarily. Shiraz. So, like, like bougie, like a, a nice Shiraz. But, you know, <laughs> for my white trash parties, I'm like, let's get some Shiraz. It's all Shiraz to me. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That, remind, that reminds me. Terrible joke. Terrible joke. I, I have the worst sense of humor, and I like the worst sense of humor. And I get it all from my dad. Right, he's the worst sense of humor. And when I was a kid, Mexican pizzas used to be called pizzazz pizzas from Taco Bell. Hmm. Right. Um, so we were passing a Taco Bell, and I said, "Dad, Dad, I think I was like eight or something. I don't know." I'm like, "Dad, let's, let's stop and get a pizzazz." And my dad turns around all angry, and he goes, "A piece of what?" I <laughs> 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 oh, gotta love that. Um, all right. Well, that's the that's the name of our, our podcast. Now we thought it was really cute, right? That it was wine, why not? Every time I tell somebody the name of our podcast, the name of the podcast, they're like, "Why, why not?" No, <laughs> no, that's not it. You need to listen. So if somebody says to you, Jeremy, ask yeah. you the question, well, what do you talk about? What do we talk about? We talk about LGBTQ media, uh, different movies, TV show, books, stage shows, uh, different things in uh, LGBTQ entertainment that we're watching, we're seeing, we're reading. Yeah. Um, some news. We we talk about LGBTQ headlines, um, which is kind of our daytime jobs. Yeah. I'm the editor in chief of Watermark, uh, and you are its uh, publisher and owner. So we have access to LGBTQ news. So that that's is what true. We do. That is true. And we say at the beginning of every podcast that we talk about LGBTQ news, and sometimes we actually do it. Yeah. We're I going have, to. I have faith in us that we're going to do it today. So what is different about what we do in our day jobs to, as to what we do for this podcast? Well, um, the biggest difference is I don't drink during the day at work. <laughs> um, but also, uh, while we, uh, we bring you the headlines and we bring you the facts, we also bring you a little, a little bit of our opinion, a lot of our opinion uh, in this podcast. Uh, during the day, when we put Watermark together, it's all um, unbiased, fact-based news stories. We have some opinion pages, but you know they're they're uh, uh, duly marked, so people know. Uh, but here, you know, we give you some uh, some facts. We give you some opinion. We give you some razzle dazzle and pizzazz. We give it some jazz. <laughs> That's a line from the prom. Have you ever seen that? 
I saw the Netflix movie version of it. So no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Uh, it was fine. James Corden did a fine job. Hashtag save James Corden. <laughs> let's no. see. Let's see if that holds up well, or if we just skip episode five uh. when people learn about this podcast. Um, you know, it's interesting because we say like, oh, well, we talk about facts and our real job opinions here. Truth be told, I only talk about my opinion, right? I'm yes. not like I'm not a journalist, watermarking stuff when I write. You know the your publisher's, publisher's desk, which desk, is all opinion, which is all opinion. But it's a nicer. I mean, it's an opinion about things I think that matter. Yeah. Here I'm just talking about. It's less ranty. Yeah. Here I here I think it's it's just it's more, here we're just a couple of old guys yelling at the clouds. That's true. That's true. I think when it's in writing, it's just so it's so different when it's in writing, right? Yeah, it's permanent. So what did you do this weekend or this week? Anything fun? Um, yeah, yeah. I did a couple of good things. Uh, I went to Orlando Shakes and saw Tamisha Harris in Lady Day oh. at Emerson's Bar and Grill. She plays Billie Holiday. Uh, amazing show. Uh, it will surprise no one who has seen Tamisha uh, perform. Uh, she was fantastic. Uh, but so was the, the whole band on stage. The actor, I forget his name, but he plays Jimmy, her piano player. He's fantastic, the bassist, the drummer. Uh, there's even a little chihuahua dog that makes an appearance. <laughs> um, all fantastic. Um, so, uh, so I went and saw that. Tamisha is so talented. Oh, my God. The, and not just talented in that she sings, but she totally embodies Billie Holiday. Um, anybody who's listened to any kind of jazz has heard of Billie. I mean, if you listen to music, you've probably heard a Billie Holiday song sometime in your life. And she has a very distinctive voice, and Tamisha nails that voice. Uh, and that singing cadence, it's just, it's a fantastic show. Uh, it's playing till March 5th. If you get a chance to see it, go and see it. So I'm going to ask you this question, and I'm going to sound dumb because I really don't know the answer. Um, Lady Day? Yes. Is Billie Holiday. So that, oh, Billie That's Holiday. That's her nickname. Lady, got yeah. it. See, I didn't know. That is her, uh, a nickname given to her by one of her close friends and uh, collaborators. Um, so she did, Tamisha did a <clears throat> Billie Holiday show a couple years ago? She did, I don't know if she did. She's been, um, she's more well, most well known, uh, at least uh, uh, up in New York and, and across the country. She's done the uh, Josephine Baker oh, that's musical. Right. That's right. Uh, which is coming back. It's going to be at the Renaissance Theater next month. Uh, so she's just back to back playing these two icons. Uh, and she does a phenomenal job. If you go see it at Shakespeare, um, you've got the audience, the seats in the back. Uh, like regular stadium scene, like when you go to a theater. And then they've got some lounge tables up front, so it's set up like the uh, Emerson's bar. And uh, get one of those tables. It, it just immerses you, right? You feel like you're at a jazz club with Billie Holiday. It's absolutely amazing. She, Yeah, and she travels uh, with her shows. So if you are yeah. in, not in Central Florida and you hear that Tamisha Harris is coming and playing any role whatsoever. You're going to want to get tickets yeah. to see her. But she if you're is... coming to Orlando for Disney or Universal, SeaWorld, I don't know if anybody comes specifically into town for SeaWorld, but if you do, um, see what Tamisha's up to. As an ex-employee, I can tell you that many people do come to town. <laughs> just They're usually football players or cheerleaders, <laughs> but they do a lot of like – the, like all the cheerleading competitions and stuff. Come oh, and nice! I did not know that. And then there's like usually a a, a SeaWorld day for um, the foosball players, not football players. Hmm. Um, I do know that a lot of people come into town for the double tree at SeaWorld for a very specific. That event. is true. But, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a couple months. Yeah. But come in town just to see Tamisha Harris. Yeah, so that'd be she's fine. a she's a theme park all to herself. She's such a nice person. She is. She's, she's amazing. So nice. All right. um, but uh, I also bought some Lego sets. Um, uh, for those who yep. don't know, I am a adult Lego collector. There, there is a very specific group of us out there. And uh, so sad that you said that like it's a job title. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it feels like a job. And uh, normally I buy like the little pop culturey ones or like the I'm a big botanical one. Like all the Lego plants, love those. But uh, this weekend I dived into the modular buildings which uh, basically just means it's a matter of time before I have to get a spare bedroom so that I can build a Lego city um, for all my tiny li Lego minifigures. Um, so my sadness is upon me. <laughs> um, You've inspired me, by the way, to refer to myself now as an adult air supply enthusiast. They, they, 
That is a damn fine title if you like it. Own it. Yes. Right? What about yourself? What did you do this weekend? I had I had a good weekend actually. Um, I played in a softball tournament. Um, as I play in this uh, LGBTQ league in Tampa Bay called the Suncoast Softball League. And um, the thing about uh, let me see if I can get the initials right. It's a North American Gay Athletic Association. I think Naga is this like softball. Uh, league that's in a bunch of different cities and it's LGBTQ people playing in all different sorts of uh, skill sets and levels and whatever. And usually if there's a holiday uh, weekend and today is actually President's, President's Day, Day yeah. and um, that there's usually a tournament and this, this, the tournament this time was uh, in Tampa. And so I played in that, that tournament. We, nice. Did you win? Um, not a game. <laughs> not a single not a game. Single game, and I and, and still I say I had a good weekend. But importantly, did you have fun? A- absolutely. You know, it's all about. I don't. I'm a very competitive person normally, uh, but for some reason, when it comes to playing softball, to me, it's about whether I'm having a good time. I want to do the best that I can do, and I'm competitive with myself. So. I did okay. I had like two errors that were annoying and such easy plays that I should have made. Uh, and for those who don't follow sports that are listening, errors when you should have caught the ball and you didn't, basically. Um, but I, I hit really well, except for one game. And mm-hmm. but it's just it's a good time, you know. My team is 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 a it's a good group of guys, you know. You sh- sometimes you can get in a in a situation where people are so naggy about whether you you know you make an error and people are like come on you got to catch that you got to do this but yeah. for the most part that we don't experience that it's just like you get it next time don't worry about it and, you know you go That's out and you have a good time it you know when it gets it, if it wasn't fun if that if if it was more yelly i wouldn't i wouldn't be doing yeah. it but it's um it's super fun we we do the best that we can we have a good time yeah i played little league when i was a kid um my the husband of one of my mom's friends ran the team so she her me and my older brother he's 11 months older than me she's like oh y'all should go out and play and i was like no no um he looks and acts like fred flintstone his name is ken i did not like playing on his team i was obviously right field which i know enough about softball to know that that's where you stick the fat gay kid before he comes out of the closet um and i hated it and i played for maybe uh, three weeks, four weeks, and I was like, Ma, I don't want to do this no more. It's stupid. But I did that with a lot of things when I was a kid. You're going to make me cry. I played right field in the tournament. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, okay. I mean, that's I a fantastic th- position that all the best players to get. Be, to be honest, I was given the choice between left center and right field, and I said, I'm not up for making decisions. <laughs> so you, you know, the thing is, right, like, I, that's what I told him. I was like, look, I, at work, I make decisions all day long. When I come out here, this is your show to the coach. Like, you tell me where to stand, and I'll do it. I don't want to make that call. Yeah. Hey, do, you, do you remember back in the, I think it was the 80s, that um, commercial with the song about playing in the right field? It's a little leaguer, and he's kicking the daisies, and... It's a song. It's like I play right field, and then the ball pops up, and he like looks up, and he's shocked, and he just sticks his glove up, and he catches it. And the team cheers for him. That never happened to me. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't That's know a that song. Fake what I do remember is um, Adam Sandler's "They're All Gonna Laugh at You." About the kid in the outfield who's <laughs> like, "Don't hit it to me," and the ball gets hit to him. And he's like, "God, no!" no. Uh, but you know, it's funny when I was I played little league, and I wasn't good. Yeah. And what was terrible about it is that my brothers were all-stars, like mm. literal all-stars. Like they always made the all-star team. And then like, you know, when they're announcing at the end of the season who's going to play in the all-stars for a chance to play in the Little League World Series in Hawaii or wherever it is, like, you know, it's like, oh, let's see who made the list. And then you see like your brother's name and your other brother's name. That's and cool. then you don't see yours. And then somebody inevitably every year comes up and pats me on the back and says, you know what, if we could have just one more. I'm like, you got two alternates, and my name ain't either one of those, so stop lying to me. It's okay to say, you know, this isn't when I turned 25, um, and all of a sudden, I was good. You better than your brothers now? Well, because, <laughs> because sorry, sorry, brothers, it's because they're old and they yeah. can't run. <laughs> I'm getting there, though. Ah, your age, take that. Yeah. 
All right. Well, um, in honor of Black History Month, we've been yeah. watching uh, black queer movies and I think just movies, right? So we've far, heard, so, so, so far, far just, movies. just movies. And so we, we want to honor uh, black queer characters or actors in, in, in the month of February. So we decided that we would do Kinky Boots for yes, this Yes, the round. movie, not the musical. Well, both. Well, we can talk about both, We've both right? seen Kinky Boots the musical, and uh, we both watched Kinky Boots the movie. Right. So weekend. we could talk about both, but why don't you kind of give everybody a quick, like, elevator pitch synopsis about what the movie's about. Alrighty. Uh, well, basically, Kinky Boots is about uh, this gentleman. His name is Charlie. His father owned this shoe factory in uh, a town in England. Uh, it's going under. They make all male shoes. They're trying to find a way to revitalize this factory because it's one of those small towns where this factory is the town. If this factory goes under, then the town is done. What's the name of the town? The name of the town is Northampton. Okay, I thought I was like I couldn't think of the name of it. I'm like I just watched this. <laughs> it's list. in Northampton, in the middle midland, the East Midlands of England. Charlie Price. Are you um, reading IMDb? I, think, I was. I think you need to, <laughs> to say that just to say, like, you know, yes, we're not uh, making th this. This information is from Internet Movie Database, better known as IMDb. Uh, so uh, he starts up the factory, and, and they're trying to come up a w with a way to um, revitalize this factory. And they decide to make, uh, what did they call it in the Irish footwear? <laughs> the, do you, do you, there's a character in it that called it something else. They could, she called it porn, porn something for a word that I don't think we're allowed that we can yeah. say. Yeah, no, but in the in the in the synopsis of the movie, they call it fetish footwear. Yes, uh, which is high heel stiletto type boots. Um, and uh, Charlie meets Lola, who is this drag performer, and uh, uh, Lola helps him to design these these beautiful shoes because. The first iteration of these shoes were not very pretty. They were not nice shoes. They were very ugly. So Lola comes in and helps them uh, to, uh, to create these amazing shoes to revitalize the factory and the town. And uh, I'll say revitalize one more time because I'm pretty sure I said it about two dozen times. They revitalized it. <laughs> Today's podcast Today's is brought to you by, by the word revitalize. revitalize. <laughs> uh, but it stars uh, a couple of actors who at the time were not huge names, but uh, uh, are, are uh, pretty big stars right now. Charlie's played by Joel Egerton, uh, who was, if you saw the movie Loving a few years ago, uh, that got, got, uh, got a lot of praise. Uh, he was in that. He also, I didn't know this until uh, I started researching him, he wrote and directed... Uh, Boy Erased, that conversion therapy movie with Nicole Kidman and um, Gladiator. Really? He wrote and directed that. That is a good movie. Yeah. Okay, for let me draw attention to the fact that you just said that Nicole Kidman and Gladiator were in it. I can't. What is his name? <laughs> I would have said it like a hot second ago. It's a Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. And then, like all of a sudden, I forgot when you Gladiator. Gladiator's in it. So um, he was also in a gay. Didn't he play a, Russell Crowe? Yeah, he he was in a movie when he was younger that either he was gay or his father was gay in the movie. I don't remember. All right, I'll look it up. Um, Some other time. Anyway, I don't have my laptop. Uh, Lola is played by uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. I'm pretty sure I said that right. And he, of course, went on to fame in uh, Twelve Years a Slave. Uh, big Oscar-winning movie uh, in 2011, 2012. And he is also, for uh, Marvel fans, he plays uh, Mordo in the Doctor Strange movies. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I've seen Doctor Strange. I can't tell you I, that he... I couldn't point him out in that if, if, if my life depended on it. But I do recognize him from the 2012 hit movie Infinite with Mark Wahlberg. Mm, I don't think I saw that one. <laughs> I may have been the only one. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so that's the premise of the movie. Um, so what did you think of it? I surprised. Okay, so I was telling a friend of mine that I play softball with over the weekend that I needed to go and watch this movie because we were going to talk about it on the podcast. And he went off about how he's like, oh, my God, I love that movie. It's so good. And I'm like, really? I, I've been hesitant to watch it because I was like, it's it's an 
I will say an older film. It's 2005. 2005. Yeah. And I'm, you know, it's not like 1970s older, but I was <laughs> like me. <laughs> but I was like, you know, I was reluctant to watch it. He said it was going to be good. So I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And before I watched it, I found out, I guess I never realized this. It's a true story. Yeah. Yeah. It's based on, it's based on a documentary called Trouble at the Top. Right, but it, yeah, and um, which was like a BBC little thirty-minute yeah. commercial from you know, and but it's it's the it's a true story, um, and what I just wanted to, to read the name of they call it fetish footwear. So it was so they decided to change the the business model to fetish footwear for men under the brand name Divine Footwear, and so I love a true story. So immediately I was way more interested in in what I was about to watch. So the the movie, yeah, I I really liked it. I liked it better than the musical, even. Yeah. And I, that surprised me uh, because I I did like the musical. I mean, there's an element to the musical that I do not like at all, and um, that was not in the movie, and that might be why I like the movie more. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also like the movie better than the musical. The musical is way more flashier than, I mean, it's a musical on Broadway. It's going to be flashier. Um, but it's, you know, you got Harvey Firestein, you got Cindy Lauper, and you got Billy Porter. So there's no way this movie's going to compare to The Flash. Um, but I don't, I don't know if this story benefits from all the flashiness of the musical. I feel like it works better uh, in this kind of just gritty, independent film, uh, smaller story. It reminded me of kind of like those smaller independent movies that were made in the 90s. Like if you saw The Crying Game, or Secrets and Lies, something like that. Those those British movies yeah, that are like very Billy Elliot. Yeah, Billy Elliot or The Full Monty. This reminded me a lot of The Full Monty. Yeah, and it made me realize something. I love like blue collar Brit movies. Yeah, like yeah. I just gotta say Brit. Yeah, I it's really okay. like. I really enjoy that because I feel, I feel like like the characters say how they feel, you know, and I I just find that fascinating and. The one thing I, I don't like about the movie is I don't think that they explore Lola enough. Yeah. You this know? is definitely – the movie is about the town and the factory. The musical right. is about the relationship of these two guys with each other and with their fathers. Um, that's not as evident in the movie. The movie is focused on, hey, this is about the town and this factory. Um, but when we talked earlier, and you said to men remind you of the arm wrestling scene. You had something oh. to say about that. Yeah, I just want to say that people are disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, sorry, people, but I notice things like, especially if I'm on a cruise, I like watch people. Yeah, you, know, you watch somebody. You know, excuse me, if you're eating, you might want to stop eating for a second. But you watch somebody pick their nose. Yeah. I watched this lady one time on a cruise. I was just on one, and she grabbed this. Uh, it was like a nacho bar kind of a thing, and she picks up this ladle of queso and puts it on her food. Ew. But she like spills something on her hand. She licks her hand. And then grabs the ladle and ladles more stuff on it. And I was just Mm. like, so I grabbed a different ladle, like probably a different diseased ladle of some kind. I mean, there's a certain amount of gross and disease you have to be willing to accept when you go to a buffet. Yeah, but you don't have to see it, you know. And so since COVID, I've noticed this a lot, too, like where somebody will sneeze into their hand and then grab a door and walk into it. So I'm like, people are just gross. Always, always carry hand sanitizer with you. So... In this in this film, there's a scene um, where one of the characters is one of the factory workers who, at first meeting Lola, was like, "Who's this hot chick?" and then was like, "Oh, what the hell is this?" and and found out when he found out it was a, as Lola calls it, a bloke. <laughs> bloke. <laughs> when, he, when he found out Lola was a bloke, he was really rude to Lola the whole time, and so because he. I, you know, probably his his masculinity was threatened because he thought Lola was attractive and then thought Lola wasn't a, a real man and then he was a man. And so there's this there's this moment, which is fantastic. I love this thing where, where Lola goes up there and says to him, write down on a piece of paper what you think um, would make me more of a man and I'll write down something that makes you more of a man and we both have to do them. And so this guy was a championship arm wrestler. So he wrote down, arm wrestle me. And so they go to arm wrestle. And he's just kind of this, this character is sort of this, um, I don't know, kind of gross 
guy. And, Doughy kind of. Yeah. yeah. And and he kept like sniffing and grabbing his nose <laughs> and like right before the arm wrestling match, he like sniffs <laughs> like <laughs> his nose and then grabs all his hand. I was like, I don't. I hope that for that for that actor that they yelled cut and said wipe yeah. your hands down before. Yeah. For those who um, haven't seen the movie, that is Nick Frost, who uh, you might know from um, Shaun of the Dead um, or Hot Fuzz. Was it? Yeah. That's Nick Frost. Huh. How fascinating. Um, anyway. Back before he made it big. Anyway, it's a really, it's a really good, it's a really good movie. I really liked it. I think you should check it out. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about the what do you want to guess Rotten Tomatoes numbers before we talk about the musical part uh, of it? Let's see. The movie. The no uh the movie I feel like I didn't hear a lot about the movie back. Like the movie I feel like just went under the radar before um before the musical came out and then everybody went back to the movie. Uh, but I feel like uh, it probably got a decent response. Uh, I believe um, uh, Chiwetel was got a, a Golden Globe nomination out of it. So we're going to go. Critics gave the movie an 84. And audiences gave the movie, um, I'm going to say like an 89. I think audience liked it more than the critics. Uh, that part you got right. Audience did like it more than the critics, uh, but it was 58 from the critics, what? surprisingly, and 74 mm, from, from the audience. That is way lower than low. I thought. But it might just be because it's that, you know, 2005 yeah. independent British film type of thing. Uh, it's also, it's the year Brokeback Mountain came out, so, you know. We all know why that didn't win the Oscar, so maybe there was a little bit of homophobia in there. It's, it, I'm glad to hear that that he was nominated for yeah. because he was really good as Lola. He was. I really. He's much. He's very subtle when you compare him to Billy Porter's performance of it. If you've seen him perform at the Tonys or you got to see him do the Broadway show, um, Billy Porter in everything he is, he's just very loud and very energetic. And I feel like this is a more nuanced mellowed performance compared to that one. Yeah, and that's uh, and, and I think that's unfortunate just in the sense that it means there wasn't a lot of character development. There was a lot of strength in who Lola is. And yeah. I like that cuz I love like strong female characters or strong like women dragons. In this case, he was a drag queen. Um and it was it was fantastic and and that that scene at the end um with that Playing that voicemail uh, mm -hmm. that that Charlie left for Lola uh, at the end is is phenomenal. Also, and I don't know if I'm I'm I might be in a uh, minority of this, but um, everything's better with a British accent. So, oh, I'll get it. Yeah, I will get to that later too, because there's uh, people who are in shows that don't have British accents. When I find out that they are British, I get so excited. I'm like, <laughs> they're so much more talented than I thought. I love it. Um, so let's let's talk about Billy Porter and the musical and in and the differences um, like in the character of Lola. Because there's something fascinating about Billy Porter's portrayal of Lola. Yeah. And that's that it was the first time that someone played Lola as gay, right? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, because Billy Porter was the first one to play a, play um, Lola on Broadway. So, yeah, uh, as far as I know, uh, Chiwetel is not gay. Um, and I don't believe his character of Lola is gay in the movie. Um, right, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. like the... Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, it, that, that he, in the movie version, this is a straight man... Doing drag. Doing drag. Yes. And that... It is. I mean, that's fascinating. Because I mean, it gets. We live in a gay world, right, yeah. where everything is gay, and so drag is gay. Uh, but it's not always, right? Because there's like uh, Dame Edna, who is a, a straight man who plays, who, or who just is in drag for his comedy show. Yeah, and it's hilarious. Milton Berle. Yeah. Bosom buddies. Yeah. Well, that was to <laughs> that was to cheat the system. We won't talk about that. <laughs> Tootsie. Let's see. Terrible musical, by the way. You know what? Terrible movie. 
I did not, I saw the movie. Now, granted, I was like four or five when it came out, so I didn't see when it first came out. But I bet went back and watched that movie. Uh, I don't understand the hype about it. I didn't think it was a good movie. I don't think Dustin Hoffman is a funny man. <laughs> everything I see him in, if he everything he tries to be funny in, um, just seems so forced, and he doesn't feel like he wants to be there. Also, he's been accused of sexual harassment, so it's kind of tainted that image that I have of him. And when I see him in stuff, I'm like, mm, maybe you shouldn't have thrown a, a glass of wine at Meryl Street there, Dustin. That was in Kramer vs. Kramer. I don't know if you're aware of that. It's such a good movie, Kramer vs. Kramer. It is. Uh, what I like about, what, I, what I've heard about Billy Porter's portrayal of Lola and, well, just the character of Lola is that it, it, it challenges what it means to be a man. And I think that that is something that's that's beautiful. I think that they that they they just they exude that um, you know this goes against the norm or what you think, and it's normal for me, and this is my life, and this actually is the norm, and I think it's beautiful. I absolutely loved it, and I know that Billy Porter has said since then that it's that it's really gotten him in touch with his feminine side as well, which is is fascinating to me so yeah now, you know who else talked about that is harvey firestein who wrote the book for the musical um has said in several interviews that at different points in his life he wasn't sure if he felt like a man or a woman uh and that he went through a lot of that in the process of writing gatekeepers yeah i don't know if this is related to that but i just want to tell you that when i was a kid and i wanted to be an actor so bad that Harvey Firestein was my role model and everything. And it's because I saw him, and I'm pretty sure it was on Johnny Carson's show, and that he was like wearing like a moo-moo and <laughs> was just sitting there with that, you know, like harsh sound in his voice and just like, this is who I fucking am. This is life. This is, I, I, you know, it just. It was so inspiring to me to see him there. So I love that he wrote the book for this. I uh, am a child of the 80s, and I love Cyndi Lauper. So I love that, that Cyndi Lauper um, was the composer of this. I think she's super talented. Although I will tell you, <laughs> I went to see – she did a free concert in Church Street in Orlando so many years ago. And it was, but you had to get to go to like some store and get the ticket to be able to go to get a seat in the front. And unfortunately, we did that. And so we were, the place was packed, but we were in this, there were seats that we had to get to early. But it was so packed around us where people didn't have to get tickets that you couldn't leave that area and get back. And so I, I had to piece up. <laughs> there was one song I wanted to hear her sing. Uh, I Drove All Night, I think mm. is the name of it, and I love it. Um, I ended up not getting to hear that song because finally I was like, I can't take it. I had to go. And, um, but there was a, somebody was standing up in front of us, like one person standing up and nobody could see the stage because they were like standing up and people were like, sit down and complaining to security and security told the guy to sit down and Cindy Lauper yelled at the security guard and said, do not tell somebody who's having fun at my concert to sit down. <laughs> uh, I'm a sit and listen kind of guy. Yeah. So. I understand. So that's all right. But anyway, um, so Kiki Boots doesn't get a doesn't get a rating. So the musical, no, but so, it got Tony Awards. So who cares, right? <laughs> uh, I, I'll just point out that you had mentioned earlier Shakespeare Theater Festival. Yes, in Orlando, they're doing Kinky Boots. They are. That, soon, so. uh, and not only are they doing Kinky Boots, but I hear that the boots and the costumes for the the musical they're doing are from the Broadway show. They're bringing them down specifically for this. Well, I'm holding you to that as yeah. somebody who reports the news. <laughs> if I'm wrong, then I'll I'll correct it next week. I will get a call from Orlando it, Shakes. I'll be like, don't tell people that. But I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm not going to name drop, but a certain individual at Orlando Shakes, in case I'm wrong, I don't want to get him in trouble. But a certain person says that uh, someone from the Broadway show, uh, not the original, so it's not Billy Porter. Don't get your tickets thinking Billy Porter's going to be there. But someone from the Broadway show is going to be performing uh, and that the costumes are from the Broadway show. So um, that is as soon as they wrap up Lady Day. So not only are they uh, bringing up some fantastic musicals, but Orlando Shakes for the next couple of months is going to be super gay. I don't know if you're aware, but Lady Day was bisexual. So, you know, that counts. Yeah, absolutely. So. 
So I'm going to switch things up a little bit because oh, no, what are we going to do? We're going to we're going to go to talk about the news real quick because we've been talking about drag queens. Yes. In 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 kinky boots, and I I want to talk about the the headlines as related to this 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 all of a sudden attack on the lifestyle or the life of drag queens. And um, this is this is a headline. This is one of our headlines uh, that I'm going to read. Uh, DeSantis administration moves forward to revoke the Plaza Lives license. So do you want to kind of tell people what, what that's about? Sure, yeah. Uh, last month, well, no, not last month, the end of December, so about uh, six weeks ago, uh, a drag show was coming through town. It was called A Drag Queen Christmas. It played at several shows uh, throughout Florida, uh, four stops, uh, one in Clearwater at the Ruth Eckerd Hall, <coughs> excuse me, and one here at the Plaza Live. Um, so uh, apparently letters were sent out to all of these venues that this show played at in the state of Florida ahead of time saying that if you allow children to attend this show, then you will be threatening uh, the livelihood of your liquor license at your facility, that we will, we will start uh, proceedings to revoke your liquor license. So uh, as far as I know, Ruth Eckert Hall made their show 18 and up only, uh, which one is one of the stipulations. Even though it was already 18 up only at Ruth Eckert, they still sent them a letter. The Plaza Live had a notice on their door that said, we're not telling people how to parent your kids. Uh, this is, there are adult themes in the show, but if you want to bring your child to the show, that's up to you. But we're letting you know there's adult themes. So uh, DeSantis' uh, administration uh, started proceedings to take away the liquor license, to revoke the liquor license of uh, the Plaza Live. So that is currently where we sit now. Uh, they uh, have, I think, six weeks uh, to respond uh, and or thirty days, something like that. It's actually the the complaint states that the Plaza Live has twenty one days. Twenty one days to request a hearing to challenge the charges in the complaint, which I believe they have requested a hearing to challenge them. So this complaint, or the administ the administration, is the Department of Business and Professional Regulation, right? It's the yes, the Division of, of Alcohol, Alcohol and Beverages and Tobacco. Right, and so they this is what they're saying, right? That this is the complaint that they're wearing sexually suggestive clothing and prosthetic female genitalia. Okay. I'm curious as to what they mean by that. Are they talking about a breastplate? They are talking about fake breasts. Um, I have not seen the show. Um, so, but I have been told by one person who I'm not even sure if they saw the show, they may be going off of secondhand knowledge. So uh, a person who knows a person who knows a person says that there are fake breasts in the show that are exposed. Um, and like that someone exposed? milks them or something. Like there's breastfeeding or something. Yeah, I, I, mean, that's, I think that that's, uh, who, that's a friend of a friend of a friend. It's like, there is, I, I, I've talked to somebody who went to the show, and I asked specifically, do they expose women's breasts in the show? And, and I was told that they don't. Yeah. Uh, now, there are photos... Um, they claim, yes. That are attached. I have the, oh, you I do. have the, I feel like I'm going <laughs> to, uh, uh, John Grisham, sir, I have the complaint here in my hands. And there's photos that they attached. However, they are very grainy photos. But I am, uh, if you look at these, I think this is the scene I'm showing you right now um, where they've got oversized breasts on that are exposed. And then... Can't really make out this photo, but it looks like this, whatever whoever this is dressed as what looks like the alien from Aliens, that is a baby they're birthing out. Um, so um, there is some adult themes in this. Again, I haven't seen the show, so I'm not going to speak specifically to what was seen. However, there are adult themes. That is the argument here. Um, yeah, but I think that's just that's just BS, right? I think that the because that's not where it ends right that's not that that is like oh we got a picture of we can say this is happening here but really i think the goal is just an all-out assault on the drag community and i think that's yeah uh, 
my biggest concerns with this entire story is first, this is the eighth year in a row that this show has been done here in Florida, specifically at the Plaza Live. No one has ever had an argument, a complaint, filed anything against this show. All of a sudden, DeSantis is toying with the idea that he might run for president, so he's turned up. You know what it reminds me of? You remember back in 2004 when George W. Bush was running for re-election, and he had the Iraqi war uh, looming over him that, you know, he's screwed everything up. 9-11 was still fresh in everybody's mind. Um, and he latched on to same-sex marriage. And his entire campaign came about, uh, came about him and the Republicans saying that if you elect a Democrat, uh, it's going to be free reign for all the gays are going to get married. And then where do they stop? You're going to be able to marry your animal and you're going to be, be able to marry 17 people. And they just, this fear mongering, that's what's being done right now, in my opinion. Uh, DeSantis sees this as a hot issue for him to get on a national stage and to stir up the conservatives to say, your children, the children. Um, and it's that is essentially what is being done. It is something that is scary and foreign to them so he can stir up the fear so people go vote so these evil drag queens don't steal their children in the middle of the night. Yeah, it's, it's Anita Bryant, you know? And I, I don't remember, I mean, I wasn't in Florida and it was the 70s. In the 70s. In the 70s when Anita Bryant did, and that's why, you know, there was a, there was a ban on, on gay couples being able to adopt children <clears throat> was because there was like, no, orange juice is fresh and gays are bad for kids. Yes. And so you couldn't, so, so that one, I mean, that lasted for a long time. That, yeah. that sort of, that, that, that sort of hateful crap, I like to call it. And I mean, I just feel like we're right back there because they're, they're, they're gonna use this case, but the assault on the drag community is even in like drag queen story hours, like where, where drag queens um, read children's books to groups of children and somehow that is bad. I just don't understand. Is it bad because they're, they don't want their kids to be read to? Is that, that to be educated? It's, I, the, it's the big gay demon. It's the big scary gay demon in the closet, so to speak. Um, that they that has always been the go-to for conservatives. It's it's parental rights, and parents should be able to do what they want with their kids until it involves the gays. Then it's like we've got to get big government involved in every aspect of it. It's all faux outrage, right? It's 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 just BS because if you if you can say in a in a in in your campaign speech, right, or in you know, DeSantis says. Parents should have the rights to, to be able to, to say that their kids don't have to listen to certain things when they go to school, right? That's his big thing. That's why the books are being banned and, you know, the, the parental rights bill where they can't talk about gay people, you know, the don't say gay bill, all of that stuff that, that they're saying because parents should have the right to say their kids sh can't, don't have to listen to this. But should, if it's parental rights, then why don't parents have the rights to say my kids can go to a drag queen story hour? Because in the eyes of a conservative, only conservative parents have rights. That, um, I mean, it seems that way, doesn't it? Is, it? it is. And, and, and there's this whole, I hate blanket terms, and I hate blanket uh, beliefs. Um, but drag queens are like anything, like mo any movie you go see or any TV show you watch, there are varying levels of the type of drag. And just like you have G-rated movies, you have R-rated movies, you have TVMA, you have TVG for kids. It's the same thing with drag. You have shows that are drag shows specific for adults. They're usually held in bars and clubs where the drink, the, the age of admittance is 18 and up. That's fine. You can't bring your kids into a bar. There's nothing, I don't think anybody has a problem with that. The problem is um, you're doing a blanket statement of all drag is bad uh, when all you have are... Uh, celebrity impersonators or, you know, overly exaggerated drag queens dressed up in these big poofy wigs and dresses reading books to kids, and they lump that up with the raunchy, sexy, dancing uh, drag queens you see at the bars. And it's just to stoke fear. It's just to get you to vote for them so that you can protect your kids. Yeah, and it's, and, and it's, 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 it's fake outrage. It's manufactured outrage. It's uh, there's a website uh, that I despise, 
right, called gaysagainstgroomers.com. So this this attack on the drag community and this this way of calling the LGBT community groomers is so absurd and ridiculous that uh, it makes me crazy. But I read through some of the articles on this, and like their headline is, you know, uh, teachers tell kids to be gay and not to tell their parents and to lie to their parents about it. And when I was reading the examples of it, it's it's so inane like it's not even what's happening but you tell people that's what's happening and then all of a sudden a person tells a person tells a person and the story is so blown out of proportion i i just i don't understand why i there are people who care right i don't think desantis may be one of those i think that he's looking at this like this is a political tool i want to get elected here's how i do Mm -hmm. it i have this fake war on woke and people will get outraged and they'll vote for me, right? Yeah. That's Just like supporting children or being a Christian, uh, hating on drag queens is just a step for him to get to power. Right, for him. Yeah. But the people that are that are believing it, like what? That I, that I don't understand. That, you know what? And this is just kind of what I've seen from how people uh, respond to things. I don't think a fair amount of people in the state or in the country – I don't think they see drag as a bad thing. I think just like so many topics and issues um, in the world today, I think they see that the the other side, the tr- the other tribe, the other side of the coin supports drag queens, so we have to be opposed to it. It's a outrage of I hate this because you like it, uh, and it it, it 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 happens every election cycle. The the moment that uh, the progressive or the liberal side says we support this, conservatives automatically have to hate it just because liberals hate it, uh, and it's that's what drag is. That's what drag is right now. And they, I have no doubt in my mind that most conservatives don't give a shit about drag. They just give a shit that conser- or, uh, liberals give a shit about drag. Well, I and they, right? Because they probably love Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh yeah. And at the end of <clears throat> Mrs. Doubtfire, spoiler alert. Mrs. Doubtfire gets a TV show as Mrs. Doubtfire to teach children yeah. in drag. And, and that's a man in yeah. drag. I don't know if you saw the end of the movie, but it is Robin Williams underneath all that. It's so, it, but is it okay because Rob, Robin Williams' character is straight in the movie? Is that why it's okay? I think, In their mind, or is it... I think in their mind, everything in the 80s and 90s is okay. It's that's just that's the that's a good... And, I mean, and, and somebody, oddly, that's when times were the worst for children. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, well, like at least the seventies and the eighties. I mean, oh, good lord! But yeah, you got to play with lawn darts, and nobody gave a shit. You know, I remember just being dumped off at the mall to go to the movies when I was like eight years old, and it's like you know, all right, you know, you don't have a cell phone, but you know, here's a quarter. Call us when you need to be picked up. Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, my babysitter's name was Astro World. Right, like on the, during the summer of the of the weekends, we would get or we get dropped off in the morning. My mom would go to work; she'd pick us up at the at the end of the day, yeah. and we just walked around, you know, the whole time by ourselves at, at whatever age. I mean, we were young, so I don't know. I, I just don't. I just don't understand it. I never will. Um, the, when it comes to the people who believe it, I just don't yeah. get it. I think they're full of it. So. We also watched A League of Their Own. We did. We did. Um, I watched it back when it first came on. So Ooh, Can I just say real quick yeah. that I just want to say about the, 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 the drag, drag queen stories is I hear it like internally within the community, the queer community, that, that people are nervous about what's going to happen to them. So they're changing the way that they operate certain things. I won't get into a lot of the specifics. I don't want to call anybody out on it right now. But um, you're talking about businesses, well, businesses, events, that sort of thing. Trying to to they just don't want the hassle of being, you know, yeah, talk of 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 having the government come down on them. But I will point out that there is an event this weekend coming up that we're going to that's called Resistance, (laughs) and I love it. That's why I'm going. I don't. You know, I'm not like a drag connoisseur. It's not. I, it's it's a, an art form. I think that is 
that is so important to our community and amazing. It's just not something that I go to all the time. But I'm definitely going to this because I want to support the drag community. And I love that it's called this because it's basically like you know, come for us. This is what we do and it's perfectly fine. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I it's love a, that. I think it's okay to, to, to say what it is. It's a drag brunch yeah. uh, for, with the um, uh, the LGBTQ Florida Caucus Conference, I think is the official name of it, is happening this weekend in Orlando. Um, so lots of uh, events tied around that. But yeah, we'll be going to a drag brunch. And, and just like you, the, the, the selling point of this event to me is the brunch part. Uh, I do enjoy a good brunch. Um, but I do enjoy a nice drag queen performing while I'm having my brunch, so I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great time. So we watched A League of Their Own. Yes. Which, the TV series. The TV series, which is a TV series uh, based off of the movie. Yes. And basically it's about the formation of the um, Women's Professional Baseball League. All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. Yes. <laughs> Is the official title. So it, it, it was created by William Graham and Abby Jacobson. Uh, Abby Jacobson stars in it. Yes. Um, it is, if you've seen the movie, it's a lot like the movie, but completely different. Yes. All, it's same story, different characters. Like right. it's all different. But same types of characters. Yes. There but is they have the, different names. There is the, uh, the Tom Hanks lesbians. carrier. <laughs> uh, the Tom Hanks character is played by Nick Offerman. We have the... Gina Davis character, which is played by Abby. Uh, we have right. the Madonna character, which is played by um, Darcy Carden. Love her. From A Good Place. The she good is my place, favorite yeah. part of the show. Good Janet, Bad Janet is, uh, it's it's hard not to see her as that. Yeah. Uh, but I do, I do love her in it. I she, love her. So. She is so charming and brilliant in this show. I absolutely love her. Um, I know this is a... Uh, uh, a, a, a comment made by a lot of people when you love somebody, but I would sit and watch her read the phone book. Do people read phone books? Do people have phone books anymore? I don't know. <laughs> I would sit and watch her read my book? contacts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's super talented. I like her character, mm -hmm. and, and she has depth and all, which is great. One of the main differences that I was sort of alluding to earlier, joking a little bit about, is that um, there is there is a a high lesbian content to oh. this that is just not at all in in the other no. uh, in the in the the, <clears throat> the movie version, which I love the movie version. Um, but I gotta say, it seems it seems like it's missing something. <laughs> you know, like the TV series seems way more realistic as to what happened than yeah yeah. It's it's definitely and I think that you get the benefit of. Uh, a, a series where you get episodes like that, you get the benefit of being able to flesh out all these characters. Because um, I think the movie does a great job of fleshing out um, Gina Davis's and uh, Laura Petty. Is that her name? Is that the Kit, the sister? Lori Petty. Oh, yeah. God, they the do sister a good was job. so annoying. They do a good <laughs> job of fleshing out the sisters. You know my favorite quote from the movie? I used to quote this movie all the time, <laughs> but I say this a lot because it's my favorite. It's like, when the, the, the younger sister, Kit, just feels like she's always in the shadow of her older sister. And so she'll, she's talking about how, how Dottie, the Gina Davis character, is um, the only one that the parents like. And she's like, you know, when, you, when, we, when they introduce us to people, they're like, oh, here's my daughter, daughter Dottie, and here's my other daughter, Dottie's sister. <laughs> it cracks me up. Uh, but it's good, <coughs> but the show, gets really into um, uh, an aspect of it, and not just the lesbian aspect, but like what happens to black women uh, who want to play baseball yeah. and how they're not allowed to play in the All-American Girls League because of you know racism, but can't play in the black leagues because of sexism. sexism. Yeah. And that's why uh, now it's the character Maxine, um, I, I forget. I lose the last Max name. and Clance. Uh, yeah, but um, Shante Adams plays Maxine, and mm -hmm. she is, you know, I get like Tamisha Harris vibes from her. She's very, she's very, she's so talented and so likable and just stunning. And um, I love that character. I love watching her journey because she's, she's, she teeters on this line because you watch you watch her come out, right? You watch her. She's a lesbian, and then 
you you see when she meets her uh, her, her aunt um, her aunt Bertie, um, who when she meets her aunt Bertie, it's it's she ends up calling him Uncle Bernie, and that character's got this non-binary vibe to it. And then you watch Maxine's uh, realization as she as she hangs out with Uncle Bertie that that this is more and more of who she is. And you watch her develop more into this non-binary kind of a character. And I love that, aside from the fact that it's about baseball, which I obviously love. Um, so I, I really get into the whole games and all that part of it. But watching the development of them is, is amazing. And I want to point out um, that uh, <coughs> Bemi Sola Icamello plays uh, Maxine's best friend. And she's hilarious in it. She's amazing. <coughs> she's great. Uh, she's she's won some awards. Uh, she's a British actress, which is what I was saying yeah. earlier. Like when I I, I looked her up to, to talk about her because I really love her character in this in this TV show. That she starts speaking and she had a British accent, and I was like, oh my god, I love her so much more because it just shows that range and that 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 talent that that she has. So that's great. Yeah, yeah. I think um, her uh, Max and Clance, and then. Um, Carson and Greta. I think those two relationships are the 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 just the chemistry between those two group those two couples um, is just absolutely amazing. You know the league in 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 the movie and in the um, in the TV series the league is started by a candy person like somebody involved in the candy industry. Yeah. Do you know who who really started no. it? It was started by Philip Wrigley. The bubblegum guy. Bubblegum guy. Yeah. And I and I learned and it and it started the uh, the tryouts were held in Chicago at Wrigley Field, which uh, I've been a fan of baseball and I've heard Wrigley Field never probably knew it was never knew it was bubblegum related. Never right. ever ever knew that. So I thought that was fascinating too. Um. Yeah. You know what scene I love in the entire series is when um, uh, Carson and Max are talking about the difference between sex with a man and sex with a woman, and they use the uh, analogy of pizza and warm bread cracks me up. <laughs> I love that scene, and yeah. I love me some pizza. You know what's what was hard to watch? I think it's in the second to last episode. Um, it's where Maxine's really coming into her into her own self, and she's at this party that her uncle Bertie is throwing. You know, at this isolated house out in the woods, and it's this. You know, there are trans people and, and gay people, and it's this this wonderful party and she's meeting this girl that she's falling for and they're dancing and they're having a good time. And at the same time, right, you're over here into the hidden gay bar where all the white people are are dancing and having a good time. And you just, you know there's so much tension because you know that it's not, it, at this time in you know the 1940s, that it's not okay publicly for any of this to be going on yeah. it's illegal and and you just have this sense that something horrible is going to happen you just don't know what's going to happen to uh in this episode rosie o'donnell plays uh, the, the bar bartender. owner yeah the bar um, owner and and it, it turns out you know it when you see the the bad go down it was just really hard to watch and it it just it it's gut-wrenching to me to think how you know how the history of gay bars and where we are today with with gay bars, and and like what they meant then and how important that was and how people felt safe in that in that environment even even though it was a risk to even be there and to see, you know what ends up happening to them was just tragic. You know, I yeah. I, I, I can't imagine living in that time. You know, where where there wasn't any support. You know, and and where it was okay for for that to happen to people, it's it's just tragic. It's such yes. a good series, though. So it let's is. let's just. Uh, I I actually like this. I love that movie, and I think I like the series more. I know you weren't necessarily a big fan of it. Um, the I I did like the movie better. Yeah. Um, but I know. Um, I think, like I said, the the whole uh, rose-colored shades of the '90s. I think everything from the '80s and '90s seems better to me. I'm sure if I went back and watched A League of Their Own, the movie now, I'd be like, oh. Well. Um, but no, I thought the the it's those two relationships um, that really sells the series for me. I feel like um, it drags in places, but um, all in all, I think it's it's. I'm looking forward to. They haven't announced a second season yet, but um, 
I'm looking forward to giving the second season yeah. a try if it uh, if it happens. And it, I'm just gonna read these because we're running out of time. Um, 81 was the Rotten Tomatoes from the critics. 84 from the audience. That's for the TV show. In the movie, 94 from yeah. the critics. 87 from the from the mm. public, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I will. Just throw out our email address if you have any suggestions, anything you want to say, if you want to correct us, let us know how we're doing. The email address is wwn at watermarkonline.com. Yeah. Why? Why not? A queer podcast. Well,